Just like in the calf, man. Locked and loaded, ready to rock and roll and waste some motherfuckers. Preston smiled, the gap between his middle teeth showing clearly. His skin glistened with sweat inside the stuffy interior of the van. He held up the AR-15 that Lake had modified three days earlier. I hope we run into someone, he continued. The rubber gloves he wore squeaked as he patted the weapon one more time. Not before we put the device in place, Starry said. Keep the operational priorities straight in your head, Preston. Sure, Top, sure, Preston said. That's cool. Lake was seated in one of the captain's chairs in the back of the van, watching Starry work on the device. This was the first he'd seen of the machinery, and he had a very good idea what it was, an industrial high-pressure paint sprayer. The problem was Lake didn't know why they had it in the back of the van. He also didn't know what the operational priorities were that Starry kept talking about. Lake's initial job with the two had been acquiring and modifying their weapons. Now he was providing security. Lake ran his hand along his AR-15. Actually, technically speaking, it could now be called an M-16 since he had modified the inner workings to allow the commercially sold single-shot assault rifle to be fired on full automatic. He also wore gloves. He'd been handed them before entering the van, and that told him that whatever they were going to do was illegal, since Starry didn't want any prints left. Actually, Lake reminded himself the fact that they had the automatic weapons in their hands already put them on the wrong side of the law, not that he had expected anything else. In fact, Lake would have been disappointed if his new partners had stayed inside the confines of the law. He continued to watch as Starry carefully read instructions, completing the preparation of the sprayer. One thing Lake had learned in the past three weeks working with them was that although neither man would qualify as a rocket scientist, they were very thorough and well-trained on security. They had never discussed their plans around Lake. They'd simply given him orders and told him when and where to be. Lake knew they didn't totally trust him, but they'd needed him for the guns after the ATF had raided a Patriot compound in Oregon last month and seized the weapons they had planned on using and there had been Lake, three days later attending a Patriot rally and letting it be known to a few of the people there that he had access to weapons. And five days later he'd been contacted by Starry at the cabin he'd been hiding out in in the shadow of Mount Hood, and now he was in San Francisco. Lake knew that to Starry his presence and access to weapons was a fortunate coincidence. Lake also knew that in this business coincidences didn't happen. He wasn't quite sure how aware of that Starry was, Their lack of trust in revealing plans showed some degree of awareness. They'd driven south from Oregon the previous day and stayed in a seedy motel in Novato, just north of the city. Peeking out the window of his room, Lake had watched Starry and Preston drive off in the van several hours ago and return just a few minutes ago. He jumped back in bed and pretended to be asleep when Preston had opened his door, telling him to grab his stuff and get ready to move. Lake knew better than to ask too many questions. Paranoid didn't quite apply to these people. When a person implicitly believed that the UN was going to take over the United States with the blessing of those in power in Washington, that person's reasoning abilities were difficult to rationally analyze. Lake found that particular fear quite humorous. He'd personally seen that the UN couldn't keep its own soldiers safe in Bosnia and other places around the globe, so how was it going to take over the United States? And why would it want to? but that larger reality was not the issue right now. This sprayer was the current reality that he had to keep his focus on. Starry was done with the equipment. He was a big man. 
He didn't say much about his past, but Lake guessed that he was a former non-commissioned officer in the Army. The way Starry spoke made it seem like he'd been an officer, but Lake could tell the difference. A wannabe. Lake had met many. Pretending to be something they'd never been. Maybe a platoon sergeant was Lake's best guess as to Starry's past. Preston's calling him Top indicated he might even have been a first sergeant. Lake did know that Preston had been a staff sergeant. That is until he'd let his little head do his thinking for him during a tour as a drill instructor at Fort Dix. It didn't matter that the female trainee had been more than willing. Preston had had his career abruptly ended, and that was all his simple mind could focus on now. It just wasn't fair. How many times had Lake heard that cry from people who had brought their own misfortune down on themselves? Preston was from the South, one of those who'd run away from the farm and found a pair of shoes and a home in the Army— except he'd lost the latter, and he really wasn't trained or schooled to do anything else.